John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Open your uh, Bibles, if you will, please, to the Gospel of Matthew. We're talking today about the providence of God and realizing that God is in control. His hand is on everything. He's sovereign. He reigns. Guys, do you realize there's a few words that are not in our Lord's vocabulary? Words like... Oops. You realize our God never says oops? Words like, uh-oh, or oh my, I never saw that coming. You realize our God never says anything like that. He is sovereign. And today we are going to, I hope and pray you'll, you'll, you'll benefit from the message today, but we're going to unpack the doctrine of providence. A matter of fact, in our D6 Fusion devotional magazines, all of our small groups this week, are studying about providence. We're going to start this week and groups that meet all week long. Uh, By the way, if you're not in a small group, let me put another plug in. It's never too late to get plugged into our small groups, and we have sign-up sheets on the table in the back. Uh, If you can't get by there today, contact the church office. Uh, We will soon have it up on a website where you can actually go there and see every group that's meeting and what time and location and who's the leading leading that group and numbers. Uh, but for the time being, contact the church office or sign up on the back table. We have groups in Muscoota and O'Fallon and Troy and uh, Belleville and, and all around. We have, we have groups. So there's a group out there for you. So I encourage you to get plugged in. But all of our small groups this week are studying one topic, one thing, as our children studied this morning in Sunday school, the very same topic and theme. And this week's theme is Providence. I wonder, as I thought about the theme this week and what we were studying, I wonder how many really understand a biblical perspective of providence. What does it mean? You see, I think if we would really get a grasp on the biblical perspective of God's providence we would have no problem whatsoever releasing all of our material possessions, all of our life, all of our finances, our entire family, ourselves. We would have no problem whatsoever surrendering all of that to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, it's, it's one thing to know Jesus as your Savior, but it's something else entirely to experience Him as your Lord. To where he's in control of everything. I am not my own. I've been bought with a price, the, the scripture says. And I've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Myself, I don't own myself any longer. I am his. But whenever we get to the place we have a biblical understanding of the providence of God, we would never ever have difficulty 
in giving him our life to manage, to lead, and to govern. Hello? Are you with me? So today we're going to try to just unpack a little bit this doctrine of providence. Are you in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 25? Matter of fact, keep your Bibles handy. I do not have Scripture on the screen. Matter of fact, my preference is to never put Scripture on the screen. My preference is for you to bring your Bibles and for you to open your Bible and for you to read along with me from the Word of God. That's my preference. You say, well, last week you had, yeah, that was Easter Sunday. You see, I realize that we probably had a lot of folks in church that just maybe not familiar with the Bible or whatever, so we put everything on the screen last Sunday. But I don't want to get in the habit of doing that. I want you to bring your Bibles. I want you to open up the Word of God. This is the Word of God. Hello? This is the final authority in all of our lives. So I want you to get in that habit. So are you there? Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 25. The Scripture says, and this is Jesus speaking, the great Sermon on the Mount. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Did you understand what our Lord just said? He said, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about where the next meal is coming from. Don't worry about where the next drink is coming from. Don't worry about the clothing. Don't worry about the material possessions. Don't worry about the things that we need in this life. That's hard to do, is it not? Do, would, would we all be honest in saying that that's difficult? To not worry about where the next meal is coming from? To not worry how next month's mortgage, I don't know about you, but every week, I mean every month, when, when I pay the mortgage and I pay the power bill and I pay the other bills that we have and I pay, we pay together college loans and notes and I thought, whew, praise the Lord, we got through this month. But then, you know what sometimes I do? Start worrying about next month. Are we going to be able to do that next month? Jesus says, don't worry about that. Am I the only one that ever experiences that? I mean, you guys, after you pay the mortgage, you say, got that one paid. I hope I can pay next month. I mean, especially in our economy today. Now, we're blessed in this area, probably more so than others, because of all the dollars from the military that's here and the government contracts and things. And, and I, although there are some that are suffering financially here, and, and some of you military guys and gals got a little bit of a dose of reality A few weeks back, when you maybe thought for the very first time you would not get a paycheck. When the government, you remember that? You remember that when the government's going to shut down? You remember that? Do you realize there's people that live like that across America every single month? Boy, we're blessed in this area, in this region. We're so blessed. You go back home where I'm from, I'm from a textile industry area. Man, plants that were thriving, hundreds and thousands of employees, parking lots as big as Fairview Heights. Now they have to mow them with a mower where the weeds have grown up through the parking lots because the plants have been shut down. You're talking about people that are hurting. But you know what? The message is still true for them, just as it's true for us. God says, don't worry about where your next meal is coming from. Don't worry about where the next set of clothing is coming from. Why is that? It all comes back to the doctrine of 
providence. Look back in the word in Matthew chapter six. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink or your body, what you wear. Isn't life more than food and a body more than clothing? Pay attention, he says in verse number 26. Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow, they don't reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Verse 27. Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father, get this, well, if you're marking your Bibles, you need to underline this particular passage of Scripture. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But then he tells us what we should be doing. He tells us what we should not do and why we should not do that. We should not worry. Why should we not worry? Our heavenly Father knows what we're in need of. So now what should we do? He tells us in verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Boy, that's a great passage of Scripture for the doctrine of the providence of God. I want you to turn over just a few more chapters in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 10. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 29 through verse number 31 Picking up on that same theme, he says, Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. Guys, how many has ever seen it, especially in the springtime? How many has ever seen these sparrows, these birds, these robins, or whatever the case may be, and whatever type of bird it is, fly into a window and die right there on the spot? I was sitting at McDonald's in Muscoota a couple weeks ago, and while I was sitting there, I heard boom, boom. Flying right into that window was a bird. And it lay there, and sometimes it just knocks them out, startles them, and they move on. Well, it killed this one. He's dead. No movement. Okay? I went over and I looked at that bird, and I'm sorry the bird died. I don't like to see a bird die like that. Do you? You ever find yourself in the car dodging those things? I mean, we, we risk being killed and totaling a $30,000 vehicle for a sparrow. We don't want to see them die, do we? I went over to the window and I looked at this bird that had just flew into the window and now laying there dead. And this scripture came to my mind. I said, Lord. And I said it out loud because everybody saw, heard the bird and everybody was talking about the bird. I said, you know what, guys? Our God knows about this bird. Hello? He knows this bird just died. You know what? Scripture says... Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have been counted. Don't be afraid, therefore. You are worth more than the sparrows. You know what, guys? If our God is concerned 
And he is aware, and he pays attention, when a sparrow falls, then we can rest assured that he can take care of us, that he is aware of our needs, that he can make provision for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I want to unpack this doctrine this morning. Father, we thank you for the time to, to worship this morning, and thank you for the praise team and praise band and their hearts and their spirits and just leading us in worship today and ushering us into your presence. God, it was good just to worship you today. Lord, we look forward to that in heaven where for all eternity we'll be able to gather around the throne at any time and sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Father, we look forward to that day. But God, while we're here in this body, while we are here on this side of eternity, while we are here in this life, there are things that come into our life, that come into our circumstances that causes us to worry and to fret. Help us today to understand this great doctrine of providence. I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to get in some insight. And God, I'm going to try to unpack this the best way that I can. And I just pray, dear Lord, that you would speak to all of our hearts today, that we would leave here with confidence, with courage, with boldness, with great faith, God, that you are going to meet every single need in our life. And all we have to do is trust you as our Lord and our Savior and seek first your kingdom and seek to live a righteous life. God, when we do that, you promise us that all these things will be taken care of in our life. Ask your blessings on our time together today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I encourage you to take out your your bulletin, your worship folder. Turn to the very back page there on the very back of it. You'll notice I put nothing there for you except some lines. A place for you to jot down some thoughts, maybe some topics, maybe um, emphasis that, that I expound on today. I had so much material for you. As a matter of fact, as I'm going through this, I'm going to be weeding out. I, I really, I've got about 12 pages of notes on the doctrine of the providence of God. I promise you, I'm not going to deal with all of them. But I am going to go through here and just kind of pick and choose and glean and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit as we start talking a little bit about this doctrine. I promise you, yeah, I promise you this, guys. Pay attention. Look at me. I promise you this. If you will get a biblical perspective on the doctrine of God's providence, it will change the way you live as a child of God. I promise you it will. I promise you. you you'll have no problem walking by faith. You'll have no problem trusting God. You'll have no problem witnessing. You'll have no problem living a righteous life. If you would just get to the place where you can understand and comprehend and have some biblical knowledge of the doctrine of God's providence, I promise you it will change the way you live as a child of God. I promise you. Why? Because it's all on Him. Amen? What's my responsibility? He tells us in verse number 33. What? But first, seek what? His kingdom. And then, His righteousness. You see, our responsibility is not to seek after our kingdom. You see, in our culture today, in our world today, it's all about me. 
It's all about getting more and more. It's, it's about me and my domain and me and my kingdom. God says it's not about you. Hello? It's about His kingdom. It's about doing everything with an eternal perspective. It's about looking everything through a, looking at every circumstance through a biblical worldview. You see, whenever you start doing that, it's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you act. It's going to change your thought process. It's going to just change you as a believer, as a child of God. You talk about walking in faith, honey. I promise you, when you understand the doctrine of the providence of God, you will then have great faith that is able to move mountains because we're looking to Him to provide everything in our love and we're not looking to ourselves. Hello? Boy, if we can get a hold of this. Now, you're going to be unpacking all this today or this week in your small groups. You're studying the providence of God. And you're going back to the book of Genesis and you're going to unpack a little bit there. But I just wanted to kind of give you a biblical perspective, an overview of the doctrine of the providence of God. When God speaks to your heart about something, I want you to jot it down. I want you to take it to your small group. I want you to engage in conversation as you start studying together a little bit about God's providence. I promise you, this is a powerful, powerful doctrine. Now, understand today, I'm not preaching a salvation message. To really get excited about the doctrine of the providence of God, you must be a believer. And to really, to really be the recipient of the promises of this doctrine, you must be a believer. Hello? So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I feel sorry for you because none of what I'm going to say you're a beneficiary of. Hello? But you can be. You can be today. If you'll just simply give your heart and your life to Him, ask Him to forgive you of your sins, repent of your lifestyle, repent of your sins, ask Him to come into your heart, seek His kingdom, live a righteous and a holy life for Him, then you become the beneficiary of the doctrine of the providence of God that I'm going to try to unpack with you today. Okay? So today, if you're not a believer, this probably isn't going to excite you a whole lot. But if you're a believer, I hope and pray this just turns your spiritual world upside down. It has the power to change your life. Hello? Amen? Let's look quickly. i got so much to cover. I don't know if I'm going to get it all done. I'll just try. I'm, I'm going to... This sermon this sermon's like a, like a big roll of, of baloney, you know. We're going to cut it off when we get to an appropriate point. You know how it's just cut off on both ends and rolled up and given? That's how we're doing it. I've kind of given you my introduction. We just kind of cut off something there, and now we're going to get through this thing, and we're just going to cut it off at the end, and I'm going to give it to you, okay? Are you ready for it? All right, here, here we go. Let me share with you, first of all, the doctrine of providence. Now, I want you to get this. The word providence, and this will be on the screen for you. You may want to jot some of this stuff down. The word providence means foresight. It means forethought. It, it, it's the care of God over His creatures. It's, get this. It's divine superintendence. It's God managing everything. Remember, there are a few words that aren't in God's vocabulary. The words like oops or uh-oh or oh my goodness, I never saw that coming. Our God never says that. Providence is, div is divine superintendence. In other words, God is managing everything. It's His direction for and over His creation. Guys, you realize there's not one thing that happens in this world that's not come across the desk of our God. He's in control. Amen? So thinking about the doctrine of providence as foresight and forethought, 
Foresight and forethought on the part of anybody implies something. What does it imply? It implies a future, a future end. It implies a goal. It implies a destination. It implies a definite plan, attaining that goal, reaching that place. You see, God in His providence has chosen me. And I know you may be questioning God's providence right here. But He has chosen me to come here and plant and build and pastor and lead Victory Church. You know, whenever I talk to people back in North Carolina, they think, they, they ask me, how in the world did you get from the mountains of North Carolina all the way out there by the Mississippi River and get, move into an area you knew nothing about to plant a church? How in the world did that happen? Let me tell you how it happened. The providence of God. The sovereignty of God. And here's how you move and operate in the providence and the sovereignty of God. Here's how it looks on a daily basis. Yes, we take Matthew 6.33. Yes, we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. But how do we do that? You get up every day and you say, God, I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing. But I'm going to trust you. I love you. And today I'm going to be, here's a key word, obedient to you today. Whatever it is you tell me to do, wherever it is you tell me to go, whatever it is I feel impressed on my spirit and my heart, I am going to follow you today. And as I follow him day after day after day, we make some turns. We go over here. We make some turns. I get in my flesh. I want to go back over here. I make a mistake. He takes me behind the spiritual woodshed. I get wore out spiritually. I get back in line and I obey. And I, Hello? You've been there, haven't you? We've all been there from time to time. But as we just simply obey day after day after day, just obey God today. You see, if you would do that, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You know where you'll find yourself tomorrow? If you obey God today, you know where you'll be tomorrow? Right smack dab, honey, in the center of His will. Some people want to look too far down the road. And say, I don't know what, I'm just going to kind of just sit here and just kind of meander and do not, not really do a whole lot until I find out what God wants to do. He wants you to, I tell you what, He wants you to obey Him today. What are you doing for Him today? What has He spoke to you about today? Well, God doesn't really speak to me. Well, that's, listen, that's not God's problem. God's always speaking. You're not listening. Hello? When people come to me and say, you know, God just doesn't speak to me. That's not an indictment on our God. That's really an indictment on you. He always speaks. What's his number one primary way of speaking to us? The Bible? What if we don't have a Bible? How does he speak to us? Through the creation. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the earth shows forth His handiwork. Listen, you understand that every single day, the heavens and the earth, the sunrise, the sunset, the storms that come through, the rain and the hell, that's God shouting to us every single day. Hello? And then as we start taking that in, yes, He does eventually lead us to the Word of God, and we start to obey. But I want you to get this. He has... Understanding the providence of God, we must understand that He has a destination for us. He has a plan for us. We are not here by accident. You see, I don't even believe in accidents. I believe in divine appointments. Now, we may label them accidents, but they're not accidents. God uses everything in our life, hopefully and prayerfully, to conform us into the image of His Son. And to get us into the center of His will, He has a plan and a destination for us. 
In his Sermon on the Mount that I just read to you in Matthew chapter 6 and Matthew chapter number 10, Jesus talked about God's care. The birds of the air, the lilies of the field, how he's caring for all of those. And for those who seek first his kingdom, he's unpacking that and saying, I'm going to take care of you. The doctrine of his providence. Do you also realize as we talk about and think about the doctrine of his providence that all creatures exercise providence? All creatures exercise providence? I mean, all rational beings act with forethought and foresight. I mean, even the animals take care of themselves. Even the animals provide for their little ones. We as adults and parents, we want to provide. And we, you see, we're all acting. All creatures exercise providence. As we move a little bit further and think about more of the providence of God, I want you to understand that although all rational beings exercise providence according to their powers, I believe that the word providence reaches its full significance only when it is applied to an infinite God. You see, it's one thing for me to trust a man to provide for me. And there's going to be limited provision there. There's going to be reason to doubt and to worry and to question and possibly to live in fear. But you see, whenever I tie the providence that we're speaking of to an infinite God, it's then that it reaches its, its pinnacle. It's then that it reaches full significance. It's then that now I can live my life without fear. I can live my life without worry. I can just trust in God. Why? Because I'm trusting in His providence and in His provision. Well, let me try to share with you. I'm going to try to share with you several things. First thing I want to try to share with you is a little bit about the scope of the providence of God. I want to share with you a little bit briefly about the scope of His providence. What all does it entail? There's three things I want you to jot down with this. His providence, God's providence, first of all, is universal. And that just simply means that all things are in His care. I mean, listen, He created everything. There's not one thing here that's been created that He has not been in charge of. So God's providence is universal. There was a Baptist preacher by the name of Roger Williams. And for the church historians, you know a little bit about Roger Williams. Where did he land and where did he plant himself and his family and where did he start the first Baptist church in America? Where was it? You know where it was? Providence. You finish it for me. Rhode Island. Why did he call it Providence, Rhode Island? Because he realized that God had moved him to that location to start this church and plant it. And he called the city, called the town Providence. And of course it became known as Providence, Rhode Island. But let me tell you something. God's providence is far larger than Rhode Island. The scope of it is so much bigger than Rhode Island. It's so much bigger than America. It encompasses the entire world. Amen? His providence is universal. He's in control of everything. You know what? If God can control the universe, surely I can trust Him to control and take care of my little wife. You know? Think about that. His providence is universal. Not only is it universal, His providence is also special. I think I've got that on the slide. I think all three of them are on the slide there for you. His providence is also special. Well, what do I mean by special? That's in reference to moral beings. That's in reference to humanity. He has a special love for humanity. 
Hello? Listen, he sent his son to down the cross, not for the birds of the air that he knows whenever one of them falls. He sent his son to down the cross, not for your favorite pet or dog, which don't ask me about dogs right now. I am so aggravated with our dogs in our house right now. Oh, my goodness. But we won't go there. I'm going to try to stay spiritual and righteous this morning. That wind yesterday just freaked my dog out, and he freaked me out. I'm kicking that thing all day. No, I wasn't really. Spiritually. Righteous indignation, okay? Oh, my goodness. But you know what? Our God, He is in control of this special group of people that He calls humans. He loves them. He has a special providence for them. He has a divine special plan that He put in place. Not some religious institution, not some denomination, not some preacher. He instituted it and He put it in place. His love for humanity, His provision for humanity, His salvation plan for all humanity. The scope of His providence is, yes, it's universal. It's also special. Thirdly, jot this one down. It is particular. Yes, He has divine providence for all of humanity, but He pays special attention to those that call Him Lord. Hello? Amen? Boy, He, those that call Him Lord, those that are His children. By the way, let me refute a false doctrine out there. Get this, guys. We are not all children of God. You'll hear that said from time to time from liberal theologians and on the news media. We're all God's children. Uh-uh. Hello? Who are His children? Those that know Him by name. Those that have trusted in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as their personal Lord and Savior. Then we become children of God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's that scope of providence for those particular individuals, those individuals that have accepted His Son as Savior and Lord. That's a little bit about the scope. Let's move on. What about the sphere of His providence? Let's look at that for just a moment. What all does it encompass? Well, first of all, there's the material universe that He is sovereignly ruling over and that He is providing for and He is paying attention to. He is giving foresight to. He is giving forethought to. He is leading everything for its destination and plan where He intends for everything to go. So first of all, we see in the sphere of of His divine providence, we see the material universe. I want you to listen to some scripture. In Psalm 103 and verse 19, it says, The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Get that, guys. Whose kingdom is ruling over all? God's kingdom. Hello? Not the United States of America, not Germany, not China, wherever. His kingdom is ruling over all. In Psalm 135, verse 6 and 7, it says, The Lord does whatever He pleases in heaven and on earth. In the seas and all the depths, He causes the clouds to rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, brings the wind from His storehouses. Guys, you realize Scripture teaches that God is in control of all things. All material, the entire material universe, God's in control of. Hello? Can can I read to you? Turn in your Bibles to the book of Job. Man, I want you to get this. 
Job chapter 37. Are you, are, you, are you getting a hold of some of this? You can discuss it more in your small groups this week as you talk about the providence of God. But man, this will change your life when you realize how, how great our God is and what He's in, in control over and how He manages things. His fore, foresight and His foreknowledge and all, forethought that He pours into everything. Job chapter 37 and verse number 5. Get this. Let me read a few verses of Scripture to you. Job chapter 37 and verse number 5. It says, God thunders marvelous, marvelously with His voice. He does great things that we cannot comprehend. He says to the snow, my wife loves snow. You know whenever it snows, you know what happened? Our God said, one of my children, Debbie, is in Muscoota, Illinois. She loves snow. Snow. Hello? Look what it says in Job 30. And that may be a little stretch right there. Understand that. That's kind of tongue-in-cheek. Job 37, for he, in verse 6, For he says to the snow, fall to the earth, and to the torrential rains, and his mighty torrential rains serve as his signature to all mankind, so that all men may know his work. The wild animals enter their lyres and stay in their dens. The windstorm comes from its chamber and the cold from the driving north winds. Ice is formed by the breath of God and watery expanses are frozen. I tell you, I don't know about you, but as I read this stuff, man, it excites me a little bit. I mean, this is almost enough to make an Episcopalian shout or at least raise his hand just a little bit. Hello? Do you understand what I'm giving you this morning? I'm showing you that our God is providing. He is in control of everything. The windstorm, verse 9, comes from its chamber. And the cold from the driving north winds. Ice is formed by the, by the breath of God. And watery expanses are frozen. He saturates clouds with moisture. He scatters His lightning through them. They swirl about, turning round and around in His direction, accomplishing everything He commands them over the surface and the habit of the world. I know immediately your thoughts and your mind go to Alabama. Which, boy, we need to be praying for those folks in Alabama. The devastation that took place with that tornado. The storms that came through here. But you know who's ultimately in control of all of that? Yes, even the things that bring devastation? God. Hello? He uses the good and the bad to get our attention. Are you with me? Now, I don't leave here and say that Pastor John said that God's angry with Alabama and he wanted to wipe Alabama. That's not what I said. I'm just saying he's sovereign. He's in control. Whenever I step out my back porch and I watch the storms that roll in, there's a little bit of fear that comes over me. But it's not so much of the wind as the one who controls the wind. And at any moment he can just speak. I'm showing you that in Scripture. I'm giving you chapter and verse for that. Hello? In verse number 13, he causes this to happen for punishment, for his land, or his faithful love. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Verse 15, do you know how God directs his clouds or makes their lightning flash? Do you understand how the clouds float and those wonderful works of him who has perfect knowledge? You whose clothes get hot when the south wind brings calm to the land, can you help God spread out the skies as hard as, as a cast uh, metal mirror, yeah, metal mirror, verse 19. Teach us what we should say to him. We cannot prepare our case because of our darkness. Should he be told that I want to speak? Can a man speak when he is confused? 
Now men cannot even look at the sun when it is in the skies, and after a wind has swept through and cleared the way, them away. Yet out of the north he comes, shrouded in a golden glow. Awesome majesty surrounds, surrounds him. The Almighty, we cannot reach Him. He is exalted in power, in His justice and righteousness. He will not oppress. Therefore, get this church, fear Him. Mm. Therefore, men, fear Him. He does not look favorably on anyone who are wise in heart. Guys, do you see how God is in control of everything? That's the material universe. There's more I could say. I've got to move on. Not only the material universe, but the plant world. In Psalm 104 and 14, he says, He causes the grass to grow. In Matthew 6, 28, the scripture we read earlier, He clothes the grass of the field, the lilies of the field, and the flowers. He's in control of the plant world. Thirdly, He's in control of the animal world. God's providence is over all the animal creation. He provides for the food for the birds and for the fish and for all the animals Numerous scriptures that back up that. And then there's the rational world of spirit beings that God is in control over and that He is using to bring out, work out His will for, for the entire universe. You think about the spiritual beings. The word spirit is found 551 times in scripture. And listen, from these references we learn, we learn all, of, all of them that we know in the spirit world, all various kinds of spirit beings that He is in control over. Listen to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, At the name of Jesus, get this, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. All the spirit beings will bow at Jesus. Revelation 5, 3, But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look at it. The only one worthy to even open the scroll in heaven was Jesus. God's over all spirit beings. Revelation 5.13, he said, I heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth and on the sea and everything in them, blessing and honor and glory and dominion to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. My point is this, guys. Scripture teaches us that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Listen, in the name of Jesus and through him, we have power over spirit beings. Amen? I don't live my life as a believer afraid of Satan. Now, I respect him. I know his devices. I know his cunning devices, as Scripture teaches. I know how he works in my life. I know how he works in our church. But I'm not afraid of him. Why? Because our God is sovereign over him. Hello? We also see the rational world of human beings. I've already talked some about this. But the, the Bible reveals that God's providence covers all nations. You remember the story back in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 21? You need to jot that reference down. I'm not going to have time to unpack it. But God revealed King Nebuchadnezzar's dream to Daniel. You remember how King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream? And he called everybody and said, hey, interpret my dream. He didn't tell them the dream. He said, tell me what my dream was and interpret it. Well, nobody could do that except God's man because God is exercising His provision, His providence, His sovereignty over, over human beings as well. And He gave that interpretation to Daniel. The smallest detail of man's life is known by God. And He helps all of us if we just follow His plan and live for Him every single day of our life. I'm reminded of what He said to Jeremiah. You remember Jeremiah the prophet? 
In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 5, he says this. He says, I chose you. Speaking to Jeremiah. He said, I chose you. When? When did you choose Jeremiah? I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart. I sanctified you before you were born. I appointed you. I called you as a prophet to the nations before you were even born. You see, God is concerned about the particular things in our life, the smallest things in our life. He makes provision for them. I got to move over. I got to keep going. I got to cut some stuff out. It talks about the hairs of our head. For some, that's harder than others. Amen? But He's got them all numbered. I mean, He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what's taking place in your life. Can we not trust the God like that with our life? I don't have any problem paying my tithe every month. Hello? Why? He's providing for me. He's concerned about me. He knows he's running everything else, but at the same time, he's not so busy and he's not so big that he's not concerned about my little life that I'm trying to live. And he's concerned about yours as well. So what's the application when we think about this? Here's what I want you to jot down. Get this. I think I've got this on the slide. The application is this. If this is true, if we understand that God is is sovereign and control of all, if this is true, then certainly every child of God can trust the Heavenly Father with our present needs here and now and with the life to come in the hereafter. God's listen, you can trust Him. I've given you enough Scripture to save an atheist. Hello? If you just believe. I mean, I've not stood up here and just tell you what I think. Matter of fact, I hope you're at the point in your spiritual walk where you don't care what I think. Because you know what? It doesn't really matter what I think. Hello? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. All that really matters is what thus saith the Word of God. Hello? This morning in our Bible study class, and I'm teaching how to use a study Bible and how to study a study Bible, I plainly brought that up and unpacked that. Listen, don't get so engrossed in the commentator's notes that you forget the Scripture. The Scripture is what's inspired, not the notes of a commentator. Hello? Guys, surely we can trust Him with our love. The promises. Let's go quickly to the promises. What are the promises of God's providence? What are the promises for the needs of man? Guys, you realize God blesses the just and the unjust. He pours out His righteousness. He pours out His promises on those that are saved and those that are not saved. Matter of fact, some may ask, why are there so many benefits for the unsaved? You know why? Because he's trying to prove to them that he's a holy God and he's hoping that his blessings on them will lead them to repentance. You say, preacher, you got chapter and verse on that? Man, I am so glad you asked. That is a great question. I hope you ask that all the time. Yes, I've got chapter and verse on that. In Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4, it says, Or do you despise the riches of his kindness and restraint and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You need that reference once again? Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4. As we think about His promises, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 21 says, For every one of God's promises is yes in Him. Therefore, the amen is also, also through Him for God's glory through us. All of these promises are yes in Christ Jesus. Every promise that's mentioned, it's there for the believer and for the child of God. Let me go quickly to the proof the proof of His divine providence. 
Boy, there's a lot I could say about here. I, I think I've probably given enough proof of his providence. But do you realize under the proof of his divine providence that the scriptures prove divine providence has been working all through the ages, through all the different dispensations? In our Bible Institute classes, we talked about dispensationalism this past week. Dispensationalism, we unpacked that a little bit. What does that mean? Short reference, it means spans of time. God has been working ever since this world has been in existence. And we can see that proof through the Word of God. All through time, He's been working. He originally brought all things into existence, according to Isaiah 45 and verse number 18. It says, God is the creator of the heavens. He formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it to be empty, but He formed and inhabited it. Scripture teaches us that He brought all things into existence. Scripture teaches us that He provided redemption for the fall of man. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the first pro-evangelical... It also teaches us that that He has preserved humanity through the flood. Scripture shows us all of this when He provided a way and provision from the wrath that was going to fall on Him through Noah and and the ark that was made. It was His providence that dealt with man in each dispensation, giving them a chance to make good in every age. Guys, are you getting this? Oh, I could go on and on with the proof, but I think that's enough. Let me get finally to the purpose, and I'm done. What's the purpose of his provision? Ultimately, it's this. In short, it's this. God's purpose in his provision has been to create a race of people, a race of beings who would find their highest degree of happiness in the highest degree of holiness. Therefore, glorifying their God and their Creator. Ultimately, in the end, what's the purpose of His provision? To bring honor and glory to Himself, to His divine plan. He he desires your worship. Guys, whenever we think about the providence of God, there's no reason in the world we couldn't trust Him with our life. Whenever we think about and whenever we understand the providence of God, I don't understand why in the world anyone would question entering into a relationship with Him. Whenever we understand the providence of God, I don't understand why anyone would hesitate trusting Him in the area of their finances, with their family, with their life, with their children, with their careers. We serve a mighty powerful God. And I've tried to unpack, and there's a whole lot more I could say. But I tried to unpack a a little bit about God's providence. But here's what I want you to know. The central focus of His providence is you. Humanity, specifically, those that trust Him as Savior. He wants to pour all of His blessings and promises out on you. He wants you to live a blessed life. He wants you to live. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. And don't label me as a health, wealth, and prosperity preacher because you know I am not one. But He wants you to live in the blessing of His prosperity on you. Why would we not want to serve a God like that?
Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.